And welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about terror, madness, mayhem, and all manner of pop culture deviltry. I am your host, Doomsday Dave. And I think that one was a little rougher on my vocal cords than any of the others I have done. Holy cow, let me take a little sip of beverage here. Welcome to the newest spooky episode of the Needless Things podcast, where all month long we've been taking a look at the horrible and macabre and spotlighting one of our favorite genres, that is the horror genre. This week we are doing something a little different. I guess I should say this month since this concept is a monthly installment of the Needless Things podcast, which you can find brand new each and every Friday wherever you get your podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, all those places. You know where you get them. Uh, Normally... On a monthly basis, we have a needless commentary where our needless commentary team gathers in the Phantom Zone live, uh, not live on the podcast, but all together at the same time. Uh, And we will watch a movie, and then we will watch the movie again and provide our own commentary over it, memories, thoughts, observations, a little bit of trivia or facts about the movie, but not too much of that because here at Needless Things, uh, we we are we value entertainment over expertise, as I like to say. That's my excuse for not doing research. Uh, but anyway, every month we do the Needless commentary, and it has become uh, untenable given the current conditions of everything that's going on. So instead, we are going to be doing for the foreseeable future. Needless Quarantaries, where we're going to watch the movie in advance and then get together online via a normal, you know, online conversation process and record our our thoughts. It's almost going to be more like a review, but it will still be our personal memories, thoughts, observations, uh, things like that. Very, very similar to the Needless Commentary, just uh, we can't do it in person. It's just not practical. Uh, and we made kind of a group decision that going forward until uh, certain things change uh, about what's going on right now, we're going to avoid getting together in person for the foreseeable future. So what you might be asking is the initial installment of this new needless concept, the needless quarantary, and the answer is Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. Uh, We watched the movie. Aaron watched it for the first time. The rest of us had seen it before uh, varying numbers of times and had a great discussion about it, which you were going to hear in a moment. But first, we actually do have some news. (laughs) 
News. First up, every year there are some Halloween items that I will buy just because they pop up on my Instagram or I see them online and it's something that I look at and I think to myself, that looks neat. I don't know that I have any use for it. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it just looks so cool or it's such a neat concept or something unique or original that I just have to order it and check it out. And this one paid off. If you go to terrorthreads.com, look for the House of Terror USB cassette. This is actually a USB drive, but it folds out of an old school cassette. Comes in a cassette case with artwork on the front and everything. It's 20 bucks and in my opinion worth every penny because it's something original and neat and cool and new. There is artwork on the cassette itself. Uh, printed on there very very high quality and then when you plug in the usb you have 60 minutes of sort of haunted house ambient sounds and music uh, all created by chicago's dj rampage who i'll admit i'm not familiar with i'm not going to try and act like i am but I played this on the way into work one morning because I wanted to sample it. I wanted to know, you know, I wanted to be able to talk about it this week. And it's so awesome. There are 12 different tracks. They're all different themes. There's one that's uh, butcher-themed, and there's the sounds of, like, tearing meat and breaking bones. Uh, They're just really, really cool. This This might be my pick of 2020, for weird random thing I bought. So go check it out. I recommend it. It's it's great to add to your collection. And, you know, in the future, when everything gets back on track and you want to have that ambient noise in your haunted porch or whatever you may be doing, this will be perfect and you'll be glad you have it. Like, I'm, this is a keep it forever item. So I was thrilled about that. Uh, that is terrorthreads.com. Uh, go check it out. It's great. House of Terror USB cassette. Uh, another big piece of information that was a shock to me. So earlier this week on the Mattel Creations Instagram account, which Mattel Creations is not exactly like HasLab. Uh, it's something where Mattel has more focused products that are available, I guess, uh, collector-focused products. So far, I don't think they've done any kind of crowdfunding or anything. It's just stuff has popped up like, hey, look at this crazy thing. And uh, to be honest, not much has appealed to me so far. They did a series of clear versions of classic toys that are neat, but hugely overpriced in my opinion. Like there's a clear uh, Masters of the Universe Origins Skeletor that looks really neat. And if it was, you know, 20 bucks, I'd get it. But it's it's not 20 bucks. It was a lot more than that. I think it was 50 bucks. Uh, so uh, no sale, Mattel. Uh, but earlier this week, they put up pictures on Instagram featuring the logos for Stephen King's It and Stephen King's The Shining, which is pretty huge. Uh, my initial hope was that, and it was, I'll admit, my initial hope was a little crazy and ridiculous, but you never know what toy companies are going to do. So my hope was we were going to get something along the lines of a Stephen King Classics line of action figures where it would be a uniform scale and style and they would just produce characters from Stephen King's works. Uh, Which, that's kind of what it is, uh, only rather than being DC Universe Classics style figures, they are Monster High dolls. 
and they are not the newer, less freaky design that crashed and burned the line a few years ago. They are the original look of the Monster High dolls. They're releasing uh, Pennywise, the Dancing Clown, and the Grady Sisters from The Shining, and they look incredible. I'm actually, they look so good, I'm actually a little concerned about what the prices are going to be because Mrs. Troublemaker uh, collected Monster High for years and then stopped when they changed the look of them, when they tamed it down for some odd reason. Like, they took the awesome, unique thing about this line that had made it such a success and took it away, which is a very Mattel move. But anyway, uh, go to creations.mattel.com. These are going to be available October the 23rd. I do not know what the quantities are going to be. I do not know what the prices are going to be. I do know that the only thing I've wanted so far that was offered on Mattel Creations was the WWE Elite Mr. T figure because I got one from Entertainment Earth when they were first offered because you could only buy one, and I wanted one to keep in the box and one to open up. Uh, and I wanted to get what they offered them on creations.mattel.com at one point, and they were gone before I could even like click the link. It was another four-second sellout, which is ridiculous. Uh, I don't expect these to sell like that, but again, I have no idea what the quantities are. I don't know what the interest is going to be. I think the fact that you have the massively successful Monster High dolls that were collected by people of all ages for years... And this is a return to form, plus the uh, the crossover appeal of the Stephen King intellectual property. Uh, I think these have the potential to be really, really huge. And like I said, I don't know the quantities. I will be sitting here at noon uh, trying to get you know the set, trying to get uh, Pennywise and then the Grady Sisters. I think it's two separate sets. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna try. And next week, I guess I'll fill you guys in on how it goes. So keep an eye out for that. And then finally, the news I'm most excited about. This was first announced, I think, back at Toy Fair. And I mentioned it here. Uh, and if I can't remember if I was still writing stuff for the website or not. That's NeedlessThingsPodcast.com, which is the hub for all things needless. Uh Mondo announced that they'd be releasing a 12-inch creature from the Black Lagoon. And if you've seen any of their 12-inch, or or rather, one-sixth scale figures, the Ninja Turtles or the Masters of the Universe, uh, then you know, or or the Batman the Animated Series, you know the kind of quality that they bring to the table. uh, The quality and functionality. Uh, I got the Scareglow Masters of the Universe figure, and it's fantastic. Worth every penny I paid for it. So the fact that they're releasing a creature, while... Aesthetically, because they did reveal an Im- one single image of it on Instagram. Uh, aesthetically, it's not quite as appealing to me as the sideshow creature, which I, I still am on the hunt for and I will one day own. Uh, it looks great. It will be great. I cannot wait to get it in hand, which I'm sure it'll be you know a year from now or whatever. But this goes up for sale, or for I'm sure for pre-order, not for sale. Uh, although I, they have not said, but... That's my guess. Uh, on October the 27th, this goes up on Mondo, and I'm in. I'm 100% in. Uh, I've got a pretty good idea what the price will be. It'll be around 150 or so bucks, which is about the price. I think 165 maybe is the high end for their uh, 1.6 scale figures, so right, right around there. Uh, and like I said, the Scareglow was worth every penny. Uh, it's actually... 
you know, it seems really pricey, but once you get it in hand, it's a quality item. And and to get the creature from the Black Lagoon, my favorite Universal monster, my favorite monster design, uh, I, you know, I gotta have it. Gotta have it. So keep an eye out for that as well. Follow Mondo on Instagram. Follow Mattel Creations on Instagram. And uh, follow Terror Threads on Instagram. Everybody's on Instagram. That's where I find my best stuff. And you should also be following uh, Phantom Troublemaker and Needless Things Podcast on Instagram. Because I will share all of the cool stuff for you to find in one single place. (laughs) News. Please go and check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. I've been doing spooky toy reviews all month long. Uh, this week I opened up a Tube O Monsters and also Dr. Decker from Nightbreed from NECA, uh, their 8-inch retro cloth collection uh, action figures. Next week I will have... I don't know how many I'm going to have. There are a couple of things on their way uh, from... I don't know. I Hopefully, everything will get here in time. That's all I'm saying. And if it doesn't, then there are going to be a couple spooky toy reviews in November. And that's just how it is. But please go and check out the Needless Things YouTube channel. I've, I've been active over there. I've been having fun over there. I really enjoy doing these reviews. Please like, share, subscribe, do all the stuff you know you're supposed to do uh, if you want to support a free thing that you enjoy. And speaking of free things you enjoy, it is time now... For the inaugural Needless Quarantary. something a little different this month uh, due to everything that's going on for the foreseeable future. We are going to be altering the needless commentary format just a little bit. Uh, We tried a couple of different things earlier in the year and nothing stuck quite as well as us all sitting together, but that's just not something that's practical to do right now. So uh, going forward for the next few months, at least we're going to be doing needless quarantaries where beforehand we will pick a movie uh, we'll all watch it, and then we'll just get together and talk about it. And right now, I happen to have it playing in the background, but uh, you know, we're we're just going to discuss the movie. So for the listeners, don't feel like it's totally necessary to to watch the movie along. I don't know if you ever do anyway. Uh, it's basically just going to be like a review of whatever film we've chosen, and you know, hopefully this this different format, this different way of doing it, won't present any unforeseen challenges. Uh, you know, with just discussing the movie. So, obviously, it's Halloween. We've got a great flick to discuss, something that in certain circles is considered a classic, certainly to me because it's one of the earliest examples of this that I discovered kind of on my own, and one of the more grotesque movies I I think I've seen. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I thought it was a weird choice for Halloween, honestly. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, I mean, I really do love Mel Gibson, so I was super, super happy that we did this. I mean, him and Tina Turner together, I mean, it's just a powerhouse of a movie. I mean, it's probably my favorite of the franchise, honestly. I mean, I really, I thought Jeffrey Combs' performance was fantastic, even though it is the third one. 
in the franchise. I mean, you can never beat Jeffrey Combs. He's just he's so good, and he just he plays everything so straight and and so so cheesy. It's it's absolutely fantastic. I love it. What uh, I thought the segment on Mick Foley was great, but the one on Jake Roberts was kind of sad. What are you got? Huh? Guys, we're we're watching Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, right? No, no, we watched Beyond Reanimator. I thought we were watching Beyond the Mat. We were supposed to watch Shit. Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. What is that? Are you kidding me, you guys? Seriously? What are you talking about? How hard is it to read a message in Messenger to capitalize T, capitalize B, The Beyond? Who, who, what? How do you mess that up? You clearly in, in, said Beyond Reanimator. In my defense, I've been drunk since March. So, haven't we all? Fair enough. Yeah. So we'll just uh, uh, pretend we watch the Beyond and carry on. Which yeah, I actually, thought it was weird. I thought it was weird when you said it was one of your favorite Italian films. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Australian, but that's fine. <laughs> all right. Anyway, that's our little bit of fun. Ha 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 ha. Uh, we, we actually all did watch uh, Lucio Fulci's The Beyond. Also known as the seven seven doors of hell, is that right? Seven, seven gates of hell. Seven, seven doors ga- of well, hell. Well, it's part of the Gates of Hell trilogy, which yeah. I'll be honest, I didn't even know until recently was considered a trilogy in any way because well, the the movies aren't really coherent narratives. If if you so didn't much. understand this, it's your own fault for not watching City of the Living Dead and The House by the Cemetery. Cemetery. So we're we're putting that on you. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a, a fan thing that people call it a trilogy because they're all about, like, hell. The same um, actress. Yeah, the different. same actresses in all three, and they all have kind of, like, that whole hellscape thing going on. But I don't know that it... I mean, there's nothing in the story that runs... Well, it's in the story. That, that runs from one movie to the next. So I think that it's kind of like a fan-dubbed um, trilogy. Well, and that's I think it's similar to Carpenter's Apocalypse trilogy in that the subject yeah. matter is the same. It deals with you know, you see some of the same actors reappear and uh but narratively, you know, they're not connected. And what I said is completely false. If it will not help you understand this movie at all to watch <laughs> those other two movies. Yeah. But I do recommend them. Yeah, they're both great. So this <sighs> Zombie was the first Fulci movie that I watched, but I believe this was the next one because that one made me like, oh, I've got to check out this whole Italian horror thing. And I, I don't, I, it's not something I've watched a ton of times over the years, although I do own it. I watched, uh, and we'll talk about the editions that we, we watched. Uh, I've got the old Anchor Bay. Remember those long tens that Anchor Bay did? That just yes, take up I a do. shit ton of space on the shelf. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, well, I think the zombie two I had was like in a weird like uh, like giant box of some sort. Yeah, I I have like a regular one. I think because I think we have like three copies between us, and I had like a special edition that was like giant. I, maybe we both had that one. Yeah, but same like you, zombie was my first one that I saw of Fulci's, and I I do think the Beyond was the second one, but uh. Yeah, it, it was more just like a thing, like, I love zombie movies, and this movie's called Zombie, so I have to check it out. And then I was like, whoa, this is different. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and Aaron, you can probably speak even a little bit more to this. How much Italian horror have you have so, you dealt with in your life? Not a lot. I've seen <laughs> I've seen Cemetery Man, and I like that a whole lot. Oh yeah, uh, Cemetery Man's fantastic. I pretty much like, I've, and I've seen the original Suspiria, uh, and like I like. I have seen weird non-narrative movies with horror elements before. Like I've fucking seen two of the Crim Master Cycle movies in a theater, which you can't even fucking watch those anymore because the the, the guy who uh, who made them like they released it in a like a, a ten DVD box set that they made a hundred of and charged a hundred thousand dollars for it. It's supposed to be like high art. It's Spoiler alert, it's not. It's a, of, <laughs> it's a bunch of nonsense, but it's entertaining nonsense. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. What is this? So the Crimaster Cycle is this crazy artist named Matthew Barney, like, conceived it as, like, there's five movies that were shot out of order <laughs> and released out of order, uh, and, like, uh, a sculpture installation that was at the Guggenheim Museum, between all of this happened between like 94 and 2002. Let me just tell you, this sounds right up my alley. Well, <laughs> you, you say that, but like the movies are really fucking grotesque and weird. Like, but, but they had even less of a, like a narrative, like coherence to them than, uh, anything that I watched last night. So <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if it was like, I didn't overly enjoy this. I don't know. Like it's it's not my bag, and that's you know that's okay. That's that's okay. But uh, yeah, like I, I am not overly familiar with Italian horror movies, other than the two that I named earlier, and now uh, the Beyond. So there yeah. you go. I mean, Italian horror is one of those things where like there's a lot of times that I'll get offended if I like really like a movie. And let somebody watch it, and they're like, "What the fuck? I didn't like that." But like, with Fulci and Argento and stuff, like, I totally get it. It's like, if it's not your bag, it makes perfect sense that it's not your bag. Like, it's not for everyone. I enjoy it. I I I love the the scores, the weird music that doesn't go with anything, and I love just the weird <laughs> foreboding and and the the long extended shots where you're like, they could have just ended that like a long yeah. time ago. But I I like it. I don't know why. I just like the vibe it gives me. I, but I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. I actually saw a, a funny meme, like, just by chance today that said, uh, like, 70s Italian uh, orchestral composer. Here's this really moving piece of music. Like, 70s Italian director does a huge amount of cocaine. Awesome. <laughs> I'm going to put this to the worst possible thing you can imagine. Yeah. Throw some slap bass in that bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna pull it put it over someone's eyeballs getting slowly pulled out. Yeah. The tarantula scene was just very bizarre. I want but, this score really badly and I'm sure it's available in, in lots of formats, but it's so bizarre how it goes from from what Ryan was just doing to like Casio keyboard shit. <laughs> to, to almost elfman like choral type stuff. Yeah, you know, I love the score. It's all over the place. It's so weird. I love it. Oh yeah, I I'm definitely not shitting on it, but I totally get where like 
Because, like, I was showing a scene to uh, Kevin today, like, at work, because we were talking about the movie, and I was like, I was like, yeah, you got to watch the scene. And I showed him the tarantula scene, and he's like, what in the fuck is with the music? Like, he's like, <laughs> he thought another video was playing while I was showing it to him, because that's what it feels like. Yeah. Well, and, like, one of the things that I read about it, because I did some reading up on it today, because after I watched it, I was like, what the fuck was this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, to be fair, like, I had much the same reaction when I saw Suspiria, like, forever ago. But, like, I like that better for whatever reason. I don't know. Uh, Most people tend to either be an Argento or a Fulci. Like, yeah. appreciate both. But like most both, people but lean like towards one, one more. Yeah. I'm a Fulci because I love the gore. It, it's amazing. Yeah, and but anyways, they, go on. <laughs> like, but uh, they, they said that, like, they shot it... He didn't really have. He had like a three-page treatment on set and not a script, and like didn't yeah. really. He didn't speak English very well, so yeah. like a lot of his direction was just miming. <laughs> and like, and that that totally comes through in the finished product. Like, but I, I feel like that's also what gives his movies such a we- well. A lot of Italian horror, like not even Argento and Fulci, like a lot, almost all of it feels the same as far as the acting. Well, well it feels it's just it odd. Feels, it, it has this weird disjointed, like disconnected from reality that actually serves it well with what it's going for. But at the same time, like, I don't know. It's like, an acquired taste. Well, and that's it's why a, the music, taste. that's why the music works as well is because it's so disorienting and it's, it's giving you this bizarre backdrop to a bizarre thing that's happening. And they're both bizarre, but they don't match up. So yeah. it, it really like, is creating like this otherworldly experience. Two different, yeah. two different flavors of bizarre producing a new bizarre. Another like, reason why I think I probably didn't like it as much as y'all did is like, I'm just completely like, I, I don't want to say immune because that makes me sound cool, but like whatever is in a person where they feel freaked out by gore, I don't have. Like, I'm just like, that's not real. It looks real, but I know it's not real, so it takes me out of it, and I just can't care about it. I don't know. I yeah, just like, like it. It doesn't like. I yeah, mean, it doesn't bother me most of the time. Now, some yeah. of the, I mean, he does love eye stuff, and some eye stuff does get to okay. me, but not. I, it, zombie got me really good with the the wooden plank. Yeah, the that eye, I have but, to watch through splayed fingers, but 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 this one didn't really have anything like that that like made me cringe. It just is cool. It's just like oh hell yeah. yeah. I, I think it's visually interesting. Look at all that goo. And um, yeah, it's fun um to me to like you know watch some. Dude's lips get ripped off by a fake tarantula. Um, very. Two of them. Are, I don't know if y'all noticed, but like two of them are very real, and that two of the spiders are very real, and then the rest are puppets, and they just keep moving the real ones around. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's creative, but yeah. it's very yeah. odd. We we decided that they only had enough in the budget to rent two tarantulas, and he wanted all the tarantulas. <laughs> yeah, but he he was trying to shoot it like there was like ninety nine tarantulas. Yeah, it's fa- it's fabulous. Well, I liked also, it though because you had you had the real ones there, and and for the listeners, this is in reference to the scene where a gentleman gets his face eaten by spiders. Well, first, if lightning... you've seen the movie and you don't remember that scene, like I'm sorry, why do we have to explain? <laughs> well, first, also, lightning... like, are tarantulas really native to Louisiana? These are I'm devil just... tarantulas. They're from hell. They're All from right. yeah, Also, why are That's... they native to Louisiana libraries? Like, <laughs> really? also, do they sound like rusty tricycles? Yeah. <laughs> why do they squeak? 
they don't make noises. But at yes, all. But Ryan, the scene Ryan, starts what happened with lightning. First? And, yeah, so the scene starts with him. He's looking for a book, and he's on a ladder. Inside. And, and lightning strikes inside, apparently, <laughs> because that's the only way it makes sense. It's hell lightning. Yeah, so yeah. the hell lightning strikes inside. It doesn't show it, but he looks to the side, not out the window, and there's, like, light, and then he goes, oh, and, like, and, it goes, <laughs> and, then, and then he falls down. But he's, like, clearly, like, aware. I think he awake. broke his neck, maybe. Yeah. And that's why he couldn't yeah, kind move. Kind of like the other dude who fell, like, right at the beginning of the movie. Like, yeah, also, they, yeah. they all fall, like, four feet, and then they're like, I can't move. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. We gotta talk about Liza, like, like, dude, like, take a hint. Like, <laughs> GTFO, honey. Like, like, yeah. we, we, immediately, like, your workman falls off and, like, breaks his head open. And then, like, the plumber you hire gets killed somehow in your basement. And you're just like, oh, well. Also, on that, in that same scene, so... The guy falls off the scaffold, right? And they call the doctor, and the doctor pulls up in his, like, Buick Skylark. And he's <laughs> just like, I'll have to get him to the hospital. And just picks the guy up yeah. and just yeah. carries him out to his car. And just drives this, like, half-unconscious bleeding guy, I guess, to the hospital. I was like, wait a minute. this <laughs> Even in, like, 1981 when this was made, that is not how that worked. It That's is in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. If he die, he die. Uh, what's funny yeah. is this. This takes place in Louisiana, and yeah. the first time I saw this movie, I hadn't been. Well, I went when I was like a kid, but you don't really remember that that well. So that insane bridge that the the blind lady and her dog are on. Oh yeah, yes. I thought that was some movie thing, like. I didn't realize that was an actual bridge going to an actual place in America. I thought it was some weird-ass movie construct. And watching it yeah. this time, I was like, oh, I've been on that thing now. But it's still freaky as shit to think about. Yeah, the way that scene's shot, I love it. Yeah. Like, it looks so cool. I love it, but I'm also like, she sees the chick and her dog and, like, looks at him and looks at him and sees them and looks at him and then... It's like, oh shit, and slams on the brakes and comes like to a five screeching feet away. halt a foot in front of her. I'm like, bitch, there's a woman in the road, you know. But anyway. <laughs> I'd just like to point out how horribly painful the contacts that she's wearing look. Oh god. How they that... look like they're made out of cement. They do. They they look like literally like somebody chopped off the top of a marble and stuck it in her eyeball. They they kinda yes. yeah, they, they look like someone like faded like yellow kitchen like dishwashing gloves and like <laughs> pasted those over your eyeballs somehow. They do not yeah. look pleasant. Every scene no. she's in, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this had to be horrible. Yeah, and then they're on the kid at the end. Yeah, and, yeah. And and on, you know... The, well, and on everybody. And on everybody. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to we the... Wanna, we don't want to give it away yeah. to the right. end. We'll get to the <laughs> huge still, I, blockbuster I had the same ending. thought. I, I was like, dude, that has to suck for those actors. So this movie was released in 1981. Uh, the music that we talked about a little bit already was by Fabio Frizzi, which is a fantastic Italian name. Yes, the most Italian name ever. And he is of goblin fame, right? Uh, I believe that's correct. Yeah. 
I believe so. I know that there's like two goblins. Let me click open link in new tab and see <laughs> if I can verify that. Because I've seen Goblin, and I know that they do the scores for for most of this stuff. But like, I saw the one for Suspiria and uh, uh, no, he is no. not related to Goblin. Oh, really? Uh, okay, but he is the older brother of late television presenter Fabri- Fabrizio Fritzi. <laughs> if you guys are familiar with him, oh, of course. And and the original title. Okay, so one of the things that's so great about these movies is we get we get it over here and it's called the beyond, which is really a pretty cool title. Like it's mysterious and weird. And what does it mean? The original title though, Etu vivrai nel terrore l'aldilia, which literally translates to, and you will live in terror, the afterlife. <laughs> Why not just slap that on it? Because that's that'd be awesome. a long to say at the beginning of a podcast, though. I'd be fine with that. As a matter of fact, we might just title it that. Yes, we'll and you will live in terror. <laughs> uh, so this this lady inherits this hotel, and re- a couple of times over the course of the movie refers to it as like the greatest thing that's happened in her life, which clearly it is not. No, <laughs> we we yeah. discover this over the course of of the film. Uh, the, the, the 87, I'm still looking at Wikipedia here cause it's, it's actually kind of nice to have this information sitting in front of us instead of just watching the movie. Uh, but it's, it's a tight film. It's under 90 minutes, which is uh, my ideal runtime is right around 90 minutes for a horror movie. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like if it's, It can go a little bit longer if it's doing a good job of like being suspenseful and keeping me. But well, like, if but, it's if it's something that's just like gory and violent, then yeah, like shorter is better. But that's the trick is if it's doing a good job, which yeah, as uh, hopefully everybody listened to last week's episode uh, with our friend Chad, where he mentioned that a, a, a great movie is three great scenes and no shitty scenes. <laughs> which I love. I love that concept because it's pretty true and it's kind of hard to get that in more than 90 minutes. Like you go over that amount and you're just asking for trouble. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Like one movie that, uh, like Zodiac is really long and it doesn't really have a satisfying ending. I don't think because it's you no know, based off the real life, whatever. But, it never feels long to me when I watch it, and I watch it like every couple of years. Like when I'm just flipping around on Netflix, bored one night, I'm just like, "Oh, Zodiac's on! I'll just watch that." Uh, but I love the shit out of that movie, and it's like almost three hours long or something. And that's the exception that proves the rule. I mean, I guess I don't know. David Fincher's <laughs> David Fincher's pretty fucking awesome. But, so within huh. this one, our our, our young heroine, I, I guess. <laughs> inherits is this... she sure yeah i don't know if we've even really got one of those in the movie uh but she inherits this hotel that the location is fantastic uh what do oh, you yeah. guys think of this place it's like the it was great like it looked like a fucking dilapidated old yeah 1920s it was gorgeous the only thing, though, apparently, just like a stupid Google fact, apparently they don't have basements in Louisiana, but I guess that would explain why her basement was, like, perpetually flooded. 
Yeah. Either that or it, Dale Jepsen's always yes. around. <laughs> She's the only basement in Louisiana. Um, well, it, it I would argue that it's in a bad location because it's like on a gateway to hell, right? <laughs> well, but they leave I mean, that off the real estate brochure. There, there is that. Uh, but yeah. No, it, no, like it the, looks cool. It, it looked cool. And I'd almost say that like the basement was more like an underground fucking like boat yep. dock or something. Yeah, yeah, it was almost like a catacombs kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't so, think it's, it's almost anything... like it was built on a gateway to hell. I, yeah. yeah, it's weird. And, and that's the thing is I don't think it's anything that was necessarily supposed to be there. Now, it would have been nice if maybe one of the characters, and, and this leads into a point uh, we'll discuss in just a minute, it might have been nice if one of the characters had said, why is there even a basement here? What? Well, let's go check this out. This is unusual. You know, something along those lines. They didn't, you know, have, they didn't uh, have a script. Yeah, you know, now yeah. that I think about it, there was this spiral staircase going down into the basement, which is very odd. And so, yeah, like, somebody probably... I, and A, I don't think that Fulci had any idea that, like, basements aren't a thing right, in, right. in Louisiana. Yeah, so totally I, I don't think he that. knew. You know, but if he had known... They could have been like, it's really weird for this spiral staircase. Where does this go? Oh, it's a strange flooded basement. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, but this this leads to something we, we can talk about a little bit. I think that, along with probably a number of other Italian horror movies, this is ripe for, I don't want to use the word remake, but maybe a... a Reimagining? Yes. I, I would be very interested in seeing a talented creator tackle this kind of storyline and the first name that popped into my mind and and this will this will elicit a visceral reaction from anybody who hears it i would be very interested in uh darren aronofsky's the beyond man okay now i'm I'm, I'm with you for that i I I thought you were gonna say rob zombie (laughs) (laughs) Ari, did you just say the same thing as me no, I well, I didn't say the zombie thing, but I said oh. I'd, I'd be dead, totally down for watching an Aronofsky uh, version of this. But I love Aronofsky, and like I've, I've I I think that would be mind blowing. However, I would also go for a Rob Zombie version. Matter of fact, let's just go ahead and get both of those started now. Uh, zombies will be ready to go in like eight months. Aronofsky's, you know, maybe three years from now, but that's okay. They'll be far enough apart that people will be used to remakes coming out, you know, within three to Every five years, years of each other. Yeah. Right, right. No big deal. Yeah, that's uh, funny. I, I, wanna, I went I divisive see... in a totally different direction from what you were thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, dude, I totally thought you were going to say Rob Zombie. I, I did, too. Yeah. I, thought, I thought you were going for the, the obvious Wilson Troll option. No, no. All right. I um, mean, yes, I... I'll go along with that, but that was not my <laughs> I want to see Wes Anderson's The Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even. I think that'd be awesome. I want to see it, it only. Wow. So, only so we can get Luke Wilson's face eaten off by spiders. Yeah, and then you have yes. Bill Murray as the plumber. It'd be great. Oh my god! Have his eyeballs yeah. ripped out. I mean, I would actually watch that one. Yeah, I'd be in. I'd be in. I'd be interested in any of these things. All right, so but but back to the original movie that we actually got. Uh, we get into this whole. Uh, the movie opens with this guy who is decried as a, a Satanist or a witch or a warlock or whatever it is they're upset Something. about. Yeah, that they decide they're for some reason 
rather than carrying him away, they take him down to the basement. Because I'll tell you right now, if I find somebody in my house doing something I don't like, I'm going to take them off-site to murder him. I'm not going to take him down to my basement and nail him to the wall and throw... What did they throw in his face? Like acid? Is I think acid? it's supposed to be acid, but it looks like like slowly boiling milk. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's like plaster or something. I don't know because it like st- sticks to his face. Oh yeah, plaster will it it'll it'll fuck you up, won't it? Like as it heats up, right? I mean, it gets warm, but it doesn't get hot enough to like melt your face off. What about like uh, what's that? Is it lie or lie? Was it was it lie? The yeah, that was put you. on people. Yeah, I think. Well, anyway, they used some sort of Italian face-melting compound, which I assume, <laughs> from from my extreme experience with Italian film, obviously you can go to your local Eckerd and buy face-melting liquid in Italy. Uh, the But the, the uh, nails... From what I'm reading, apparently it is supposed to be boiling plaster, so I think you're okay. right. Solid, Why solid. Why is it boiling? I don't know. Italians... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, what? Anyway. You don't boil your plaster? How do you get it to <laughs> melt the face? You can't melt right the now. face with the cold plaster. It's a me, Mario. <laughs> I, want, I want Mario in Gates of Hell or uh, the Beyond. All right. So, <laughs> but the uh, the nails that were kind of a recurring thing throughout the movie. I have a um. <laughs> this is I would imagine most people have a fear of having nails driven through them to some to some extent. I feel like yeah. that's a healthy fear to have. Well I, I don't want it to happen. Right. I, that's like one of my things though that bothers me, that nail through the wrist thing, like the Christ Yeah. That, yeah. yeah, that bothers me. And we get not only this guy at the beginning of the movie, but then later on the nails kind of make well, and the guy also uses a nail, the stupid plumber who is very comfortable touching Dayglo Alka-Seltzer with his bare hands for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, People are just like, way too curious in this movie. What Italians don't give a it? fuck. All these movies... Okay, we've been watching a lot of horror movies lately and a lot of 80s horror movies. Everybody in an 80s horror movie is like, oh, look at this gunk. Let me stick my fucking hand in it. Like, yeah, all of them. It. What could this be? It's crazy, but we get the plumber who uses, like, a nail to crack open the wall, which is the dumbest thing anybody in the whole movie does. Uh, <laughs> and then later on, going back to the eyeball thing, uh, when uh, one of the unfortunate females, one of the many unfortunate females <laughs> in this movie, uh, is confronted by the bathtub zombie. Which is the... Which is the plumber. The guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. He he grabs her head and man, after, that scene. After we clearly see him buried, by the way. But but well, that's hell. It's hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah, like, I'm cool with that. Basically, everybody that dies, I think, comes back at some point in a zombie form. Like even Spider Face guy is one yeah. of the ones that confronts the blind lady, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think yes, that yeah. I think they're trying to say they're kind of trapped, you know, yeah, there yeah. in hell and coming back and all. That. Yeah, they're serv- like they're cenobites, but they just don't look as cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, but this scene where he pushes her head back onto that nail that's sticking out of the wall is—I think—it's one of the best done scenes of the movie. And there are a lot of them. There are a lot, there's a lot of grotesque stuff, a lot of tense stuff. But for some reason, that one really got to me because you know what's getting ready to happen. Oh yeah, and they show that nail slowly. Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's so brutal is it's not 
there's no final like lunge. It's like you can imagine if this was you, what it would feel like for this nail to just slowly pierce your skull and then go all the way through your freaking head and pop your eyeball out the other <laughs> <Yeah>. side. <laughs> I mean, I assume it probably would just push the nail in, if anything. But I mean, who knows, dude? It's in a That's stud, strong ass wall. No, yeah. it's in oh, a stud. Yeah. yeah, that that guy knows how to hang his his <laughs> nine inch nails. You're right. But no, uh, that scene is, that's by far my favorite kill. It's fucking badass. Um, and I love how they show it from, like, they show it from, like, the nails perspective and everything. And then yeah. they, sh- they clearly show that it's, like, you know, there's a big flat end on the end of that nail, which makes it worse. Yeah, like yeah it's not the pointy. Gonna... Yeah, yeah, she's not going into the pointy end. She's going into the head. It yeah. looks like a, a, a small railroad spike as opposed to even, like, being a nail. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... I mean, it's absolutely. But, I mean, it's it's all... All of those that are in the movie are clearly meant to be references to the crucifixion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's. I would say it's my favorite kill, tied with the little girl's fucking face exploding. <laughs> that's badass. <laughs> Every time we'll I there. watch we'll it, I'm like, God damn! But I will say real quick, going back to the the lady with the nail. The grossest part of that scene is not even the nail going through her head. It's her fucking pulling that shit out of the bathtub. Oh, right. Bare- Again, yes. barehanded. Yeah. Wear some gloves. I mean. And like it was nothing. She's just like, this is a normal part of my day. Giant clump of decaying flesh and hair. Yeah. Like, well, Martha and Arthur got what they deserved. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They, they both sucked. Whatever. <laughs> so. And Martha is also fucking unflappable in this movie. Like, she finds Joe's body, and she's just like, oh. And then, like, she pulls the fucking clump of, like, rotting, viscous ick out of the tub. And even when the zombie comes up, I mean, she's kind of, she's like, ah. Well, <laughs> yeah, but then somebody sees some lightning inside, and they're like, oh! <laughs> well, that's one of those m- magical aspects of Italian film, though, is typically when somebody sees the zombie coming or the horrible thing or whatever it is, rather than heading for the door, they stand there and look horrified for, it's like the Austin Powers scene. Yes. With the, the, uh, the roller thing. Like they just stand there. They have plenty of time to get away, but they're just paralyzed by terror. And actually, when we were watching it, we were both just like, okay, bitch. I was like, run, go, leave. Run. Like, you, especially in the hospital when they're showing how slow, and I know I'm skipping around, but, like, how slow the zombies are moving. They're not fast moving. Like, they could have just been, like, gone. They could have just ran to the center of town, been like, hey, there's some fucking zombies chasing me. Shit's getting weird. Like, But as we as we see, like, with the fucking inside lightning and all the weird shit, I don't think there's any way to escape. A yeah, trying yeah. would be nice, though. I mean, they could at least give try, it a solid yeah. effort. Well, I mean, and, even like a slow jog. And the hospital apparently makes people slow because then there's that other scene where uh, the the lady falls down, the acid falls on her face, <laughs> and then so her, her, fizzy, her fizzy blood oh so slowly chases that little girl around the room. <laughs> I know, and, like, she falls down unconscious, and the girl's standing right there, and the acid, like, tips over, Slow. and it, like, drips. <laughs> There's, like, a little drip, a little drip. It's and like, the, pick it up. The kid does not, like, she could have, like, kicked it, stopped it after the first little drip, and mom would have had, a, like, a Band-Aid. But no, she's like, oh, no, let me stand here. 
as it slowly drips and melts my mom's face off. Also, this might sound like we're shitting on it, but it's actually awesome. Like, the yeah, fact that amazing. they just slowly show her head dissolving is fucking <laughs> great. I love it. Well, it is, and I think that is a, a signature, uh, particularly of Fulci, is lingering on the horror, and it's basically a trade-off to where you can either have the character behave as the audience thinks they should behave, which is run away, get out of the room, leave, set up the jar, Do whatever. Do anything. Right. Or you can, you know, you you make that trade-off where you, you ask for a little more suspension of disbelief in order to zone in on this grotesque, uh, you know, fizzing, melting goop. Yeah, and I mean, I do applaud that. Like, there's no cutting away that, you know, it's like... They show like the gore, and he goes for it. Like his, even when it looks ridiculous, he goes for it. Yeah, Fulci loves gore. He he's like he doesn't want to let the plot get in the way of the gore, which yeah. I'm okay. With. <laughs> yeah, he's like we could just have a little bit of blood here, or we could have like an entire ocean worth of like fizzy blood rolling across the floor slowly. Let's go with option two. Well, and to be fair to the movie, uh, you know, it, it's watching these. Um, the plots do seem sort of secondary, mm. but I think a lot of that is because of those kinds of choices that are made where there are just different things being uh, prioritized because this movie does have, you can follow the plot. It's not, yeah. it's confusing as to why people are doing things. It's confusing as to how things are happening. But as far as from point A to point B, like we know what's happening. This lady gets a hotel, horrible things happen. And then, you know, she and her buddy end up in hell. Like that's, yeah. it, it's very clear. It, it's a linear path. There's nothing confounding about it. It's just it's more this, just like why is some things like why are certain things happening and the answer is hell. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just the style of filmmaking is is different. It's a very simple plot like you said, uh you know, doorway to hell, go to hell, and then in the middle are a whole bunch of really cool fucked up weird scenes that sort of link to, with the one before it and the one that comes after it. But there are parts where you're like, how did this character get here? Like, what is, like, there's a lot of, like, questions. But, like, it's also, you know, hell. Yeah. Whatever. Hell is the answer. Woohoo. <laughs> so, we get, eventually, we get our sort of hunky lead guy. And, uh, because initially... The the main oh gosh Liza right yeah yes okay so Liza is a little um, she's a little scully at first like she's not buying that there's really anything going on and then she starts to have some freaky experiences so now that she's she's getting immersed into the weirdness and the terror uh, as is the audience well we've got to bring in another character who doesn't quite buy that there's anything really supernatural or freaky going on there's an interesting progression there where we almost change our character viewpoints at, at a point in the movie because our original audience viewpoint is now accepting that something's up so we need another character to tone that back a little bit so we can ramp it up even more for the second half of the movie Yes. 
Yeah, and I think that that dude's badass. Like, I try, I thought he was in other shit because he looks really familiar. But like, other than like the black cat, like I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. But he's awesome. He's got he's a like, leading man face. He looks yeah. like he's got a cool look. Yeah, almost Clint he, Eastwood. Yeah, exactly. And he, he, I also like, yeah, I don't know, like when shit push comes to shove at the end, like that dude doesn't take any shit. Like he gets shit done. Yeah, well, I wish he maybe would like work a gun a little bit better but other than that <laughs> oh well he does fire it like right next to people's faces yeah. but that's whatever <laughs> you know though i've got to say i think that that's just common to horror movies like how effective are guns ever but not even that like when the zombie comes up behind liza and this happens at least two times. He just shoots at the zombie while she's, like, human shielding in front of the zombie. Yeah, he doesn't even give it a second. He's like, yeah. fuck it, I hope I, don't, I hope I don't hit you. And I'd be like, motherfucker, like... But, uh, you know, I mean, what are you, what are you gonna do? Yeah. It's true. He's like, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll get him through you. I'll shoot a child in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's another thing. What Ryan said, and I, I've never really thought about this because I've watched the movie numerous times, but, like, when the little girl go like goes bad and her eyes go all weird and she reaches up and touches Liza's He shoots face, her on the face before, it, it, before he even knows what's going <laughs> <yeah>. on. <laughs> it's like, all he knows is she just touched the woman's face. That's yeah. all he knows. He's like, fuck you, and dead. And he's like, Boom! Like, and her face explodes. The audience knows she's evil, but like he doesn't even have time to <laughs> register that. He just shoots her in the face because she started acting like a bitch or something. Like he's like, oh no. He doesn't even question it at all. He's just like, I I fucking hate redheads. I'm gonna blow I mean, your face up. She she is a ginger, so yes. you know. And everybody's like turning into zombies around him. So I can just say. So we did not. He did shoot a child in the face. We've uh, we've talked about some of the deaths in the movie. One of the ones that, you know, before we get to that, I got to call out one thing here, and this is only because this is on the screen in front of me right now. What is up with the gigantic hair growing out of this bookseller's nose? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys notice this? I didn't notice no. that. Oh, my gosh. In the bookstore, when she goes in to ask the, the about... The creepily laughing bookstore. Yeah, yeah. He's laughing for no reason whatsoever. And she goes in thinking that, that I, the Ibon, the book that has gone missing from, from her place, is in the bookstore. And this old guy just started... <laughs> like, wait, there's no reason to laugh. And it gives a profile shot, and he has a hair. I shit you not, it's like three inches long. A single <laughs> hair. Looks like a, a, a silver pubic hair growing out of the end of his nose. Maybe it's so his nose trolls can climb back in when they're done. I, it, it very well could be. It's horrifying. Uh, for anybody that's listening to this that chooses to watch this movie along, uh, it, it's around 35 minutes in, I think. And uh, it's... It's the most horrifying thing in the movie because it's real. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things, too. It's like, I, I didn't notice this, but, like, I mean, dude, if you're, like, going to be in a movie that's, like, going to be shown in some theaters, like, maybe just trim your fucking nose hair. Right. Well, like, this is, no, you know, this isn't even, this isn't in his nostril. Well, this is growing out of the front, uh, the tip of his nose. Ugh. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, you guys. It's horrifying. Oh, God. Like, pre-HD. Right, right. Who could say? Well, it's funny. We're uh, 
we watched uh, Waxwork 2 last night and uh, watched a little bit of the commentary with Zach Galligan and Tony uh, Hickox, the director. And he was talking about, the, because they were watching Arrow's transfer, and they were talking about like the difference in when they shot it and what they thought was going to show up on screen versus what this transfer was revealing and like how there were wires and stuff and uh the stuff was visible that that when they were making the movie they never even imagined the picture would be clear enough to see any of that sort of thing yeah so so i'm sure fulci well i mean everybody on set had to see this gargantuan nose hair but i'm sure they all thought well it's 1982 uh nobody's gonna see this thing on film what if they were like, hey, dude, you got, like, a massive hair going out of your nose, and he's like... He's like, I yeah, love it. I, I like it. It's my It's, it's, a, my it's a look I cultivate. <laughs> Moxie doesn't like the nose hair either, I no. can hear. Uh, so, uh, anyway, to get back to the deaths in the movie, which are almost as horrifying as this man's three-inch-long nose hair, uh, one of the ones that was the most disturbing to me was Dickie killing Emily. Yes. Yeah, the Dickie puppet... It's it's pretty fantastic. I mean, he, it's better he, like, than the spider puppets. It it, it is. Yes. <laughs> they they keep it really tight, which is good um, when it's on, you know, Dicky. But when he like rips her throat up, that's one thing. But when he like rips her ear off, oh. and you can look and see the tubes and shit they, that they put yeah, in there, yeah, that prosthetic was super gross and awesome. I love it. Well, and it's also so affecting because you know we we have established this dog as her guardian as her companion and the the shit hit the fan all these dead things showed up to threaten her and she freaks out and is like dicky get them protect me and he goes and he you know he has a big fight with one of them and clearly gets infected by the hell virus or whatever it is that's you know (laughs) got these things and comes back over to her, and what's so effective about it is, you know, the actual dog, they've put a little makeup on it, so it looks like it's got a wound or whatever. So the actual dog walks over, and you're like, oh, okay, he's going back over to her, everything's sweet and happy, and then they go to the close-up with the dog puppet, which looks, you know, good for the time. And you're like, no, Dickie, no! And he just <laughs> fucking tears her apart, and it's brutal. Like, Dickie, what are you doing? But it's, uh, Yeah, like, it's, when her it, chest gets ripped open, it's like five gallons of blood pours out slowly. With, it's so epic. With the sound effects of a waterfall to accompany it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but that one, you know, we talk a lot about how gory and grotesque the deaths are and how there's clearly, you know, the intent is, look at this disgusting thing, but this was one that had an emotional weight to it as well, and, and I think it was one of the more most effective ones of the movie. Yeah, yeah sure. I agree. Because it actually came out of left field. You don't, you know, like you said, you really don't expect it to happen, and then all of a sudden, Dickie's just ripping her fucking throat out, and you're like, ah. Oh. Well, and also, you didn't really expect anything to happen to her. No, she she, she, she was seems your, to be like she's going to go through to the end. Right, oh, yeah. she, she and, was kind of like your they, oracle type figure. Yeah, yeah. they established her as like kind of a, a supernatural. Like, is she alive or isn't she? With the whole footsteps thing, and then the oh, nobody lives in that house thing. So, the it, it surprised me when she ate it. Yeah, or that was one he, was he. Yeah. <laughs> Dicky ate it, actually. That oh, one was effective for f- completely different reasons from, from how the rest of these might have been. And we talked a little bit about 
you know how how affected we each are by gore violence or whatever and you know i watch something like this now and it's it's funny the fake stuff is almost more disturbing to me now because when i watch a modern horror movie that has gore in it something like saw i'm sitting there wondering like wow how did they do this this is impressive uh you know it's 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 grotesque but i'm fascinated by the process but when you look at something like what Fulci does with with the deaths in this movie where they're doing the best that they can with the effects they have at the time uh there's almost something more disturbing about how crude some of them are oh yeah like the fake heads like getting ripped apart or melted like really kind of wigs me out because it's like I know they're fake, and but like something about it just looks so fucking weird and off-putting. And I wonder if it's a little bit of Uncanny Valley, maybe. Yeah, probably. Because like a lot of the stuff, like you watch like John Wick or something, and he murders like nineteen dudes, but like it just looks like those dudes got murdered, and you're like, oh, and then it moves on. But like this shit, like you're like, oh, it's okay. That's a person. That's an actor. Okay, now that's a weird wax dummy thing that's like getting a lip lip ripped off. I don't know. It's just weird. It's a very strange thing. Well, and, and they, I think... they clearly spent four hours ripping this thing's lip off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say that it's it's also how they dwell on it. Like when you're watching John Wick, and it's just like dead, dead, dead. But this, they're like slowly getting dead. So yes. it's more intense. Sa- savor the yes. disgustingness. Uh, so in watching this, I kind of want to go around and, and we'll uh, start with Nicole. Uh, one, this this was one of your picks for this month. What yes. What is it about this movie that stands out to you, that draws you, that made it something you wanted us to focus on? Um. Honestly, I thought it would be a really good one for us to talk about it because it is so kind of bonkers. You know, I love it. I love Fulci. It's my favorite Fulci. Um, You guys were talking about, like, watching Zombie and then watching this one. That's pretty much my path as well. Um, But, like, totally fell in love with The Beyond from the first time I saw it. Um, There's so many kills in this movie that are, like, in my, like, top favorite kills of, like, fucked up horror movies. Um, And, you know, the plot is small, um, but it (laughs) works. (laughs) You know, it's it's really, it's fun, and it's totally fucking weird, and it ends on a total downer. So I thought it would be a, make a really good just movie to talk about for us, especially for Halloween, because it's super gross. I mean, is it that much of a downer, though? They they leave New Orleans and end up in hell. Is that really that much of a, a downgrade? Yes, it's probably about the same. And, like, I'm fine with I mean, it. I'm like, oh, they're dead, whatever. <laughs> like, I didn't like the characters. Yeah, dead, no. Like, like, I didn't really care about this. Yeah. But, like, hell definitely has shittier food than New Orleans. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Like, the food in New Orleans is pretty damn good. And the be- the best you're going to do in hell is is like uh, hogshead cheese, basically. Yeah, like <laughs> which is also available feel, in New Orleans. I feel like they eat a lot of ass in hell, but they don't have uh, no boudin in in hell, which I think was the tagline for this movie. 
Wait, they eat a lot of ass in hell, or they don't have <laughs> no boudin <whatever>. in hell. <laughs> um, Ryan, what about you? What What is your you know when you think of this movie, what springs to mind? And also, what is your sort of range of experience with it? I mean, obviously, you, you saw it years ago, but have you watched it a bunch of times, a few times? Uh, yeah, this is one of the Fulchies I've watched the most, I think. I mean, we just watched this, like, a few months ago, and I'd seen it, like, back in the day, like, multiple times. Uh, I mean, like, you know, like we are saying, like, Zombie was my first experience, or Zombie 2, however you want to look at it. And uh, I I love that movie. It's ridiculous. The shark fighting the, you know, the zombie and shit was just so, like, mind-blowing. So, like, I immediately started seeking out all of his stuff and Argento's. But this is probably my second favorite Italian horror film. It's up there. I don't know. It's like in the top five for sure. I, I love it. I mean, it's a great movie. Uh, it is fucking bizarre. And it's one that if I suggested to someone and they didn't like it, I'd be like, yeah, that checks out. Like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that's one of the things that almost makes the Italian films a little bit more fun is you can have a lot of enthusiasm for them and you can love them. But you can also accept it when other people don't dig them. Like, it doesn't break your heart when somebody's like, yeah, I couldn't really get into that one. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I totally understand it. Because, I mean, you know, they're they're uh, they're weird. A lot of times the voices and the, the lips don't match up, and there's a, there's a lot of strange music and stuff, but, like, it all adds to the weird, surreal vibe of all of it. And that's such a weird thing that I, I don't quite know the background of how that works. Nicole, you might be able to enlighten us here. So what's up with the dialogue where, and, and this goes back to like spaghetti westerns and stuff as well, where sometimes it looks like they're speaking English, but it's all dubbed. And then sometimes it doesn't line up. And, and my assumption is some of the actors are, are speaking English and some of the actors are not, and they overdub I'm... everything so it matches. I know that's the case with um, Zombie, because I remember like, watching something about that. And, like, yeah, some of the actors, I believe, were speaking Italian, and some of them were speaking English, and they just overdubbed almost all of it. Uh, this movie, everything, like, it looked like they were saying the lines that they were saying. It just, some of it didn't match up exactly. I think in some cases they use a different voice actor than the actor, so... I, I think it's disconcerting to see a voice coming out of someone that isn't their voice. Even though you don't know that, I think it still is like a little bit odd. Yeah, that right? happens too. For yeah. Sure. yeah. And 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 like you were saying, Dave, um, and like we we've we learned this like editing our our movie. There's a couple scenes where like the audio is trash, and we like we're like, well, we have to we have to dub the lines, and uh, dubbing it was fine, but like you can't just dub like one line in a scene. Right, because then everything sounds different. Like even if it's just slightly yeah, different, yeah, you have like, to like you have to toss out the the native audio and use yes. like completely redub stuff, which is exactly a huge, it's a huge pain in the ass. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, movies, movies aren't like next... podcasts where everybody can sound different levels of audio quality, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and Arian, obviously, this is your first experience with the Beyond. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the movie itself. And again, the plot is fairly straightforward. There's there's not much more to get out of that. But I want to zone in a little bit. We've already talked about one of the hospital scenes uh, with the little girl being chased by the lady's fizzy face blood. But later on, we get sort of the rise of 
the dead because over the course of the movie we see a lot of people get murdered and then come back as these sort of zombie servants of hell but then at the end of the movie we get a more general uh the dead coming back and everybody there are our protagonists are in this hospital when the body bag the clear body bags which i love uh are clear body bags even really a thing I asked the same question. Not really. Like, (laughs) usually, they're usually either white or black. I've never seen a clear body bag. Yeah, Ryan was like, do they just put dead people in Ziploc bags? (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly. Nobody wants to see that shriveled up corpse's ding dong. Yeah. Not interested in that. Try to cover them because we get tired of looking at them. But for for, for the purposes of this film, the clear body bags are very effective. And we get these sort of shambling corpses like they're scary but they're pretty easy to avoid what what do you guys looking back at the scene uh, where this is all going down what were your thoughts watching this versus other uh, depictions of zombies or reanimated corpses uh, run yeah um, like i don't know they were they were weird but like i didn't think they were overly threatening also like the the dude's gun was like from some sort of alternate dimension that held more than six bullets for a revolver, yes. and like just kept firing no matter how long it had been since he'd reloaded it. So I don't know. Uh, they, they reminded me of the zombies in Zombie. Like some of them did, like where they're like ultra crusty or ultra gooey. Like I don't know. It's uh. I, I like his style of zombies, and the the uh, yeah, they weren't very threatening. But also, what real quick total side note: what the fuck was up with the the guy at the hospital that like slowly cuts through the fabric? You know what I'm talking about? And then he scares the guy, and he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm cool. Like I'm not a zombie." That was yeah. bizarre, right? Yeah, that just, was weird. I just didn't realize how weird that scene was until last night. Like I've watched it a bunch, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" And then he's like. He's like, whoa, well, I'm cool. And it's like, well, why did you fucking come right. out? I'm like a slasher. What is your problem? And that's, <laughs> well, that's part of the fun of doing these these commentaries or, or sort of watching these movies with a more, uh, I don't want to say critical eye, but but more more of an eye for detail is you do catch things like that, that when you're watching it purely just to be entertained, it kind of like just goes under the bridge with the rest of the weirdness. But stuff like that jumps out and makes you, you notice it a little more. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, so the climax of the film. Uh, before we get to the the ending, uh, did hmm. anybody else have any other notes or any other things they wanted to mention? No, I think I, I think everything that I was wanting to cover, we covered. Yeah. So we we get to the utter weirdness of they escape from the hospital down, the, which I'm not even clear. Where did they find this? staircase down into the whatever is underneath New Orleans like in the hospital. So she says like they're in the hospital and they're running from the zombies and then all of a sudden they're in the basement and they went down a staircase or whatever and she looks at him and she says oh my god we're under the hotel how did we get here so I guess it was like a portally thing like they just went downstairs and they're all of a sudden in the you know they're back at the hotel like at the, the door to hell and it's a very so, effective scene because we know nothing good has ever happened in that basement. Nothing good ever happens in flooded basements. 
No. And no, we learned that Saturday night. <laughs> it it built in much the same way as the railroad spike through the back of the head scene, there is just this impending dread because you know they're in a bad place. You have all these horrible like moans and groans and, and dead people sounds coming uh from everywhere and they're walking towards this this light and it's funny because typically heading towards the light is seen as a good thing but this just seems ominous and terrible and you don't you're like don't go in there what you're like the little guy on monster plantation and they go in uh did you guys feel the same kind of dread that i did while watching that i mean obviously we've seen most of us have seen this movie before but again, watching it in the frame of mind of, of doing some kind of review, I, I was feeling my feelings a little bit more, I guess. And I yeah. really was like dreading, you know, don't don't do that. What are you doing? Why would you go back the other way? It's just a hospital full of zombies. This is the unknown. Yeah, I, you know, the whole end of the movie, it's like, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Like, why are you not running from the zombies? Like, why are you stopping to shoot them? You can clearly outrun them. Okay, why, when you go downstairs and you find yourself in the hotel, like, I don't know, go upstairs, see what happens. You know, like, I feel like there were so many other choices that they could have made, you know? Um, But yeah, and then they start going into, like, the hellscape which is so cool. I love how they, you know, they go into the hellscape and they're like, what's what's happening? Where are we? What's going on? They walk to the light a little bit and then they turn around and behind them is the same landscape. Yeah, it's gone. And then they their, turn their around again. Is gone. And in front of them is the same landscape. And as far as the eye can see in any direction is just like this 20 crazy. Feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like crazy, weird, nude, like barbie doll bodies and like just dreary dreadful awfulness i fucking love it and that's a uh another one that i've kind of gets me and i honestly couldn't think of too many other examples but but the the escape disappearing that you you go one way and turn around and your your path of egress is gone yes like that's that's a freaky thing because that's that's that feeling of being trapped that's that's why i won't go on a cruise (laughs) because you're stuck so like they're on a cruise in hell which sometimes is like being on a carnival cruise (laughs) oh just kidding carnivals allegedly allegedly (laughs) don't sue us um so yeah that 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 final scene is it's funny. I said earlier, it's almost like it's sort of a mild version of hell, but it's also horrifying because it's over. They're stuck. They're done. And then they're blind. Yep. So, which uh, I guess is fine. Cause it's really bland and bleak. So like, eh, you know, so Aaron and Ryan, what about you guys watching the end of this, the conclusion of, of this story? What kind of feelings did this evoke? Oh yeah. I mean, just, creepy bizarre unsettling i all i almost like couldn't quite remember the ending from the last couple times i watched it so like it was kind of like watching it for the first time like i I know i've seen it a bunch but i was like oh yeah shit that doesn't end well at all well and also the if you have seen all of the the gates of hell trilogy there are elements of them that do kind of blend together 
and while I was watching this, I couldn't quite remember what the ending of this one was. Like, I was like, wait, is this the one with the guy hanging in the tree? Is this the one <laughs> where I, like, I, I really couldn't quite remember. So that was, uh, it was a bleak ending. And I, I mean, I'm sure everybody realizes that that's the painting that the guy in 1927 right, right. was working on that they go into. So they somehow go into the basement and they go into the painting. Oh, this is the thing I was going to ask you guys about earlier. It occurs to me because we got, I got we got really sidetracked by the way that he was murdered. Um, it seemed to me that that guy, I mean, obviously he was aware that this place was on top of one of the doors to hell. Uh, but it seemed to me like his purpose was to protect people from that. Didn't do a good job. I th- yeah. well, but I feel like he knew it was there and was there to do something about it. And these people murdered him before he could. Yeah, I mean it's possible. He did say like I'm the only one that can protect you, or something like that. Right. But... That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and I think that the townspeople did like the pitchforks and and torches thing, um, because they they feel like this guy is like messing with some otherworldly magical stuff, which he is. But what they do is they literally take him to the door to hell and crucify him and open it. Right. So it's it's almost like the townspeople are like, you know what? Fuck it. Open the door to hell. Let's do it. It's very odd. It's odd decision-making well, they process. Don't, they don't understand what's happening, and they react with fear and violence. Yes. yes, people would never do that. Never. Unlike the unlike the real life, where everyone is very smart, level has measured measured <laughs> logical reactions to to things. So, Arian, to bring this thing home, uh, let's get uh, sort of your your final thoughts. You've already expressed that it's not one of your favorite movies of all time, but right. but putting it in the category of what it is, uh, what, what's your appreciation level for what it accomplished in the story it told? I mean. I I would have I think I would have liked it a lot better. Like they they could have like just dropped a few. Like I am generally speaking a fan of keeping things relatively opaque as far as like explanations go, but I feel like there's too much of that here. I feel like it would have been better served by like explaining some things a little bit better. Just a little more exposition. Right. Yeah, or right. any. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of where I am with it. I don't know. Like, if, if I had seen it, like, when I was younger, I probably would have liked it a whole lot more. Uh, at this point in my life, I'm just like, eh, there's a lot of gore, and that's just not really my thing. Like, I'm not, like, I don't find it distasteful or anything. It just doesn't really... Just not your bag. It just doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, so... I don't know. Like, I enjoyed it for what it was. I feel like it had, like, a very cool, surreal, uh, like, disjointed uh, aspect to it. Uh, I would have enjoyed some more, uh, some more exposition. Uh, Yeah. But, like, not to the point where, like, it gets ruined and, like, you know, they explain everything and then they have, like, nine more movies in the series. We say good grief! I didn't want to know much, that much about fucking Puppet Master. 
I, we've we've pretty much already covered it, but this is for me one of the Fulci classics. I, I love it. I revisit it. I would say from time to time. It's certainly not a yearly watch for me, but I, I do have fond memories. Like when I do watch it, I remember very clearly the feelings I had the first time I watched it, and I think that's one of the benefits of something being so visceral is it's very easy to conjure up those original feelings that you had uh, because it, it is going for those same sort of gut reactions. But I'm glad to have it on the shelf. Uh, if at some point we get, and, and actually there may be a better version than what I've got out there, but but who doesn't want a gigantic 10 that takes up three movies worth of space on your shelf? Um, Ryan, what about you? Oh, I, I mean, I love it. Yeah, it's it's probably my. I mean, it's probably definitely my uh, second favorite Falsey movie. Um, yeah, I I enjoy the hell out of it. I think it's a great movie. Um, I like anything about like hell, like anything religion based, like horror. I've always liked a lot. I think because when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this can happen. Yeah, so, like um, all all of that shit like really creeps me out still to this day like i mean exorcist and the omen like all those are like some of my favorite like top 10 movies like in horror so like um this kind of falls in that genre and uh and i I like that kind of stuff it weirds me out just anyways just anything about satan or hell like weirds me out so i like being weirded out by movies so i enjoy it and then throw on the weird soundtrack with the slap face and i'm in Uh, Nicole, why don't you wrap it up, and also, once you're done, let us know what you're up to and where we can find you online. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, I, I love this movie. Um, I picked it. Um, I think that, you know, like Ryan said, like, if you don't, if you don't like it, I understand, um, because it is a bit of an acquired taste. If you're looking for the type of American horror movie that you might be used to um, with, you know, a certain formula, then you're, you're definitely going to find something very different. Um, but if you're looking for something that's like a little weird, a little wacky, very light on the exposition, um, but very heavy on the gore and a, a, a weird tarantula attack that really has no por- point or purpose other than to just be like, holy shit, that tarantula just ate that guy's eyeball out. Um, you know, then I strongly recommend this movie. But if you don't like any of the shit that I just said, then you're not going to like this movie. And if that's, you want, that's if okay. you want everything to make sense, this is not the movie for you. Yeah, no, it's, this is not like, this is not structured the same way as like, a lot of American movies of that same time period. Also, I could totally see what Arian was saying about, like, they went in with, like, a loose script, and they were like, yeah, sure. Yeah, they're like, I, whatever, yeah. just go with it. Sure, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> yeah. So what are you up to? Where can oh. we find you online? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Battle Cougar. Um, you can buy my shit at... Uh, Gross! Oh! Yeah. Not my actual shit. No, you can actually buy our fucking amazing smelling candles, which don't smell like shit. Yeah, Nicole's duty pants. I mean, if it'll pay the bills, yeah, fucking. (laughs) Yeah. Send us a PayPal. We'll hook you up. (laughs) You can have all my duty pants. Normally, Um, girls sell bath water. This is just weird. This is, yeah, this is way weirder than that. Yeah. I mean, it's a very niche thing, but I got to do what I got to do. Um, 
No, uh, Cadaver Candle Company. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Cadaver Candle Co. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, and you can buy our our things, our candles, our deliciously smelling awesomeness at uh, cadavercandleco.bigcartel.com. Um, check them out. I'm super proud of them. Uh, Ryan and I have worked really, really hard to get this up and running, so please check it out. So you can order some poop and then order some candles to cover up the smell. Yeah, you'll prefer the candles to the poop. I can yeah. guarantee that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Ryan, what, what are you <laughs> to? Uh, currently working on our second feature-length film, which we will be announcing soon, like the, the all the details about that. Um, and uh, we're, we're about to wrap shooting on that pretty soon here, by the end of the year, definitely. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Cadaver Candle Co. Uh, I have a band that does nothing, so fuck it. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Google Google the casket creatures. Yes. Plenty of good music to be that's heard right. if you have not heard it. And this is the season <laughs> for it, too. That's true. Also, I mean, it's good features, all year round. But they're going to be doing a live stream oh, on yeah. Halloween. Yes, which, we are doing a live. Yes. Uh, it's it's not going to be your typical live stream. It's a little like Halloween variety show kind of thing. So it should be pretty interesting. Uh, Arian, what are you up to? Uh, you're up to nothing. I know. Yeah, I don't. I don't do things. But it's like you want to see pictures of uh, dogs, cats, things of that nature. You can follow me at, at Such a Lazy Man on Instagram. That's where I'm at. So there you go. All right. Well, guys, thanks a lot for getting on the old Skype, talking about uh, four different Beyond movies. I guess now <laughs> we've we've almost obligated ourselves now to at some point cover those other Beyond movies. I think. <laughs> I'm down. I think it's a fantastic idea. <laughs> awesome. I mean, all right, whatever. Thanks a lot, you guys. For more spiders, demons, and menaces from beyond the grave, why don't you take a look at the Needless Things archives? There are 300 and... what are we on? 339 other episodes of the Needless Things podcast. You can visit needlessthingspodcast.com and go back through there, and there are actually toy reviews and stuff. Or go to oldneedlessthings.com for, in total... A decade, over a decade now of dorkery, uh, toy reviews, movie reviews, pop culture thoughts, lots and lots and lots of stuff. And if you find an article that you like or you think is cool, feel free to share it out there on the social media. Get the word out about Needless Things because honestly, uh, with what's been going on this year, it's been a little rough to maintain the energy that keeps me going and doing all of this stuff. And it's rough for everybody, I know. Uh, but any, any kind of support I could see, like, or even if I don't see it, just uh, throw stuff out there. Go back to, uh, oldneedlessthings.com and find an article and share it wherever you share stuff. Find a toy review. Uh, just, just browse through and try and spread the word a little bit more and, uh, help, help encourage a guy who's been getting a little tired of this stuff this year to keep on trucking. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, check out Needless Things on YouTube, uh, Needless Things Podcast on Instagram, Phantom Troublemaker on Instagram. Join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group, but you must answer the three questions in order to join the group. There are three very easy, very basic questions, but we need you to answer them so we know 
your needless things material. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with a big Halloween finale. I love you guys. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.